0: Hello and welcome back to The Catch. Today on the podcast, it's a special day because we have myself and John Rahimi. We might be missing David, but this is the very first podcast since we started this podcast over a year ago that we are recording in, in person, person, live together. So
1: exciting. You have no idea how pumped we are. And to celebrate, we have Black Sandalwood from a Manly Indulgence. It's the candle we're burning. That's good to know. Didn't yeah, know yeah. that. That's <laughs> quite the name. I've been using the Miller. They smell great, I think. Uh, I just bought three more of them. And we are drinking. What are we drinking? I don't know if we can tell
0: them. That's I, right, we might say yeah, yeah. Um If you want a hint, it is a red alcoholic beverage. It's a mixed drink. It's a mixed drink. Any alcoholic beverage is red. It's not wine, but. It is not wine. There's
1: ice in it. Yeah, yeah. you can hear a little, little, little cheers here to our, our foray.
0: A little sippy sip. Oh, wow. I'm excited. Your glass is significantly less full than mine now. (laughs) I I didn't have coffee today. That's right. And so I've been trying to get my caffeine (laughs) fixed a little bit, honestly, the last 30 minutes. Like, I started getting kind of a minor caffeine headache, and I was like, ooh, I need to get my caffeine in. Are you that addicted? The thing is, is I shouldn't be. I, I don't drink that much caffeine, I don't think. I have a cup of black tea in the morning. You drink tea? I do, yeah. I, I love I a good didn't. cup of tea. Nah, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm picky about tea. I only do black, like, just straight English Earl Grey black tea, or I'll do, like, a mint tea, or, like, something with, like, mint in it. I feel like I'm learning so much about you in person. <laughs> I, I don't do, I didn't know that. I don't do fruity teas. Fruity teas gross me out. I don't do green tea grosses me out. So I'm, I, green tea's gross. I, I I'm picky about I tea, but I'll do certain teas. I do it in the morning, though, because it's a little less caffeine than a cup of coffee, and so, like, it's a little bit more of a gradual pickup. mm and there's less of a crash for me in the morning, so it kind of gets me to lunch. And then lunch, my lunch, obviously, carries me over. Yeah. And then I have a cup of coffee in the afternoon. I have, like, you know... Really? 14 ounces of coffee, like, 1.30 p.m. I'm pretty, like, strategic about it, yeah, so... you're regular in your coffee industry. I am. I, I am. It ends up being, like, I think I calculated it one time, um, right around, like, 200 milligrams of caffeine every day. About 60 milligrams and eight, eight ounces of coffee. and then. Okay. So it ends up being about 200 milligrams, which to me isn't that much. It's way below, like, the, rec- like the recommended amount that you take in per day. Like, oh, really? I'm, I'm nowhere close oh. to, like, where it becomes, like, hey, you have a You have a problem. <laughs> um, are, but you, are you a I breakfast think, like,
1: person? I am a breakfast person. Okay, see, that's interesting because I just found this out. I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, I was told that if you don't eat breakfast and then you have lunch, like a larger lunch or just lunch in general, it's not just say like, a cracker you crash because it's like a sugar spike because you've been eating all day. And then you, like, crash hard in the afternoon. And they told me, I was like, you know, that explains so much
0: about my life because I crash all the time in the afternoon, like, that's, real hard. That's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. So, I, yeah. I'm, maybe that's why I don't, I don't crash very hard in the afternoon from, like, my coffee or, like, from food. Maybe it's because I do, I kind of do breakfast and I do a little bit of caffeine in the morning, so maybe, like, my body's, like, <laughs> accustomed and ready for it when it comes. Yeah. But I have to look into that now. I mean, this is the McCormicks telling me this, so it could just be totally made up. Could be completely <laughs> lie. Yeah, no, yeah. it's understandable. Yeah. yeah, honestly, it's one of my pet peeves when people I'm with and I'm like, for like on like a trip or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like, like, what are we gonna do for breakfast? And the person's like, oh, like, we're good. We'll just like wait till lunch. I'm like, uh, you're beating. gonna wait for lunch. <laughs> I'm gonna have breakfast. <laughs> we're gonna have to figure something out. <laughs> I'm gonna be cranky in about 45 minutes.
1: I got an award in spirituality year for most. Uh, most likely to eat the same exact breakfast every single day. Because I did. I'd have two chewy bars, one chocolate chip, one peanut butter chocolate chip, my cup of coffee, and my beer
0: mug, coffee cup, every day. I don't have a problem with that. See, it's I do, small and it's simple. and it just gets you through the morning. I do a bagel. Oh, okay. Almost every day. It's, yeah. it's like six days a week. I, so you can buy bagels in six packs at the store. <laughs> so I get a, a pack of bagels in, on Sundays uh-huh. and with... Then I'll get a pack of eggs too. So I'll do mm, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday are typically bagel days because I'm getting up early for work. Like yeah, I don't yeah. want to eat. Like I don't want to make a big breakfast, have to clean, and then drive to work on top of that. It's like yeah. I just want to wake up, eat my bagel, and go. Yeah. So, but then Saturday and Sunday are typically like my oh like okay Michael treat yourself treat yourself H- have a little scrambled eggs ooh uh, which uh, this is non biased feedback I got from somebody who had my eggs last week. Had my scrambled eggs, took no, one no. bite and said, yeah. "These are some of the best scrambled eggs I've ever had? And some I of said, the best. Some of the best. Not the best, because
1: you're looking at... Best. You know who said so? My mom. So she couldn't be lying to me.
0: <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> Wait a second. I'm going to They're
1: freaking good, though. I'm sorry. I make good scrambled eggs. Me too. Okay, are you, do you dry them out? Are you, uh, are you uh, creamy and fluffy? Fluffy. But are they creamy?
0: Yeah, look creamy, too.
1: Creamy? How much butter do you put in? That's the real question. Do You use butter? I don't. I see. I use I use milk, folks. He doesn't use butter. They're not worth it. Don't even think about it. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> you got to use butter. You got to grease the pan
0: in butter. I, I. It depends. Sometimes I'll do butter. Sometimes I will do olive oil. Olive oil. I know, it and people don't like it, but it tastes good. Oh, I'm you're freaking you freaking Italian! I'm telling you, I have olive oil in my blood. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> no, it I've good. never heard anyone use olive oil. Oh, I did. Ever? Oh, well, well, I butter- might have just been out of butter too last week when I made it. So <laughs> that that might probably. be also the hot take of the century.
1: We're at 173. What does that mean? Is that a time? Okay. I don't know what that means. It might be a tempo thing. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we are recording in my parents' house
0: because reasons. We can't record at the mission because there's nowhere to record there. We can't record at my apartment because the walls are about about as... I don't know, thick as a piece of paper so you can hear literally everything, <laughs> That's true. including the major intersection right next to it. You're going to you're gonna get used to it. I so, you're gonna get used to it. I, I am used to it at this point. But what was weird was I got, like, I'm so aware when, like, an ambulance goes by is because the ambulances mm-hmm. in Chicago have just the weirdest and most obnoxious sounds of all time. Do you have different sirens down in... Oh, yeah. Really? Definitely. No Sirens way! Sirens up here, are weird. <laughs> no <laughs> like, way. Me and me and my roommate said, "This is yeah, we we, we can't I get to the that. siren sounds." But we were sitting there. I was making dinner the other day, and like someone's like, "Why are there like flashing lights?" And there was an accident right outside of our apartment. Ooh. We didn't know it. Mm. It's like we hear literally everything. Yeah. But we couldn't hear the accident. Like mm. how? It, no, no one was hurt. So okay. I mean, it was all okay. It was very minor. But still, we were like, if we could hear literally. Everything. Yeah, we should not be able to hear that. Like, yeah. it's kind of alarming. We couldn't, honestly. Seriously. Yeah, I've gotten used to the
1: fireworks and the gunshots, but I, th- I think I've gotten so used to living like in the city and around like noise. I need noise now. I can't go to sleep without it.
0: She had I, a noise maker.
1: No, I, seriously. I thought I was talking to one of the sisters. She told me she's like she bought one, and I asked how much are they? They're like under fifty bucks. Oh yeah, so it's not bad. Like I need a fan going or like I started my bad habit of listening to podcasts when i go to sleep which as logan i told him that he just goes so you listen to two people talk to you as you fall asleep i was like well yeah when you put it like that it sounds a little weird but like it's not weird it's just i don't know it's something about it's just very soothing you get to listen to something nice or formative and then you kind of just drift off and you wake up at like 3 a.m and you're like oh i should turn off the podcast.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I don't I don't really listen to things. I like like pitch black, dead silent. Mm-hmm. See, I, I grew up I grew up with like a light, like not light, like my ha- my room was never like that dark. So I was like, oh really? It, like it was connected to a hallway that was always lit up, and so it was always kind of like brighter. And so I was kind of used to that. And then like I always had there's always like sound going mm-hmm. on because like there's a sound like um, my parents had a noise maker, and it was like mm-hmm. there was I, I was, like always hear the sound maker. But now I'm mature. Yes. Like, I need pitch black, I need zero noise, and I will sleep like a baby. And that sleeping condition is only offered to me when I'm at home in Metamora in the middle of nowhere. You say, Yeah. that no, yeah. doesn't happen ever, anywhere else, so.
1: Your life is so hard. It is. It's tough. But you know what? Your life's not about you. Perfect segue into our topic. Oh. <laughs> are you sure? I think so. I'm proud of it. I was thinking while you were talking... You're waiting for me to say something. Yeah, I was like, give me something to like go off of here because oh I, have, I have a smooth entry. As a selfish,
0: self-centered person, it was easy
1: for me to provide that to you. Well, thank you. And it was as a selfish person, it was easy to totally ignore everything you're talking <laughs> about because <laughs> I disagree wholeheartedly with it. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I agree with the the pitch black stuff. That's fine. Fair. Like, but I can't make I any can't noise. Maybe it's not with the silence. I don't know. But it just helps me distract myself. Fair enough. I, know. I, I, can, I understand it, though. Also, the guys next to me are watching anime. And I got one of them giggling like, like a little schoolgirl as he's watching his show. He's like,
0: oh, 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 anime. And he's
1: snapping his fingers. He's so excited. I can't clap because that'd be rude. You're snapping. It's not better. It's not better. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, we wanted to talk about a topic near and dear to our selfish little hearts, which is It's Not About You, which... Never was a line that I liked until my 30 day, when I thought about it more, and it was something that Mick used to say to us, and maybe still does sometimes. But he said to me in college all the time, and I thought, "This guy's a punk. Like, get off my back. Stop telling me these things. All right, you're you're taking this too seriously. This whole life thing, a little bit too seriously, you know." And on the 30 day, uh, it was like the first week, first couple days, and. You're praying with uh, the principle and foundation, which is, you know, man was created to praise, reverence, and serve God, and by this to save his soul from St. Ignatius. And as I was thinking about that, this line kept coming to me. It was like, it's not about you. And I was like, okay, I, that's from a movie. It's got to be from a movie. Do you know what movie this is from? No. It's a British lady. She's talking in a British accent to a man. She says, it's not about you. I could not think of it for, like, the longest time. I was racking my brain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then all of a sudden, in this glorious moment, I said, Lord, I'm just going to let it go. And the next morning, as I was washing my face, it's Doctor Strange. (laughs) I was so happy. I told my spiritual director. But it's Doctor Strange. It's when uh, the ancient one is talking to him when, like, she's dying. And it's kind of that, like, freezy moment, the lightning streaking costs. And he's, like, talking to her. And she's trying to teach him a lesson. Basically, she's like, it's not about you. Your life's not about you. And I was like, ooh. Supplies, connections so yeah it's just a line that like when you think about it uh I think it really like strikes us to our heart because a lot of the times we think deep down that our life is about us and we want everything to sort of just like orient itself to us you know people events feel whatever you know
0: mm-hmm. so I think that's worth talking about no it is and it's even kind of we were talking earlier today actually about this um We were talking kind of about just our relationships with ourselves and relationships with people in our lives right now and just some of the highs and lows of those things and the the graces but also the struggles. And one of the struggles being who you and I are is one of those times or sometimes those beautiful things that we receive in friendship, in relationship, or just in our lives – as beautiful as they are, we can twist them at times mm. and we can twist something that's beautiful into making it about us again. And suddenly that thing that was beautiful is now tarnished and we start to be very particular about how we feel and how we look towards it. And then it completely affects how we enter into said things in the future. Yeah. I like that you said that, which is
1: true. Like the, the thing that's in front of us, is, is beautiful, right? And I think what's what's good there is that it's, it's pointing to something um, about our place in relationship to God and to other things, in terms of, like, especially with this principle and foundation, that we're created for the sake of God, like to praise, reverence, and serve him. And by means of this, to save our souls so that everything is given to us for that end. God gives us all, gives us all these things for that end. So that means everything is a gift. So There's a beautiful thing there of, like, the beauty for, of the gift. And then we take it and we start to, you know, pervert it and twist it and, like, make it about ourselves. So the gift loses its, uh sound like a total pretentious person, but, like, the, its telos, mm-hmm. its, its, its aim, its goal, its purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that, we, it, it, it robs us of its beauty. And we rob ourselves of receiving, like, the goodness that's there that God's trying to give. Like, if, you know, your parents gave you a gift on Christmas and you use it for, like, not its purpose. Then it's like, oh, that kind of hurts them. It's like, you didn't use it for what we wanted you to use it for. Like, I got a lightsaber for Christmas and I threw
0: it in the trash. Like, that's not what it was made for. It was made for you to use and enjoy. It's also one of those things, like, I was actually just thinking of a Christmas analogy, too. Um, oddly enough, when you brought that up, but it's like... You have this beautiful present, like maybe this huge box right next to your Christmas and You've been waiting all year to open it. Yeah. And your parents, it's a gift from your parents that the parents want to give you. Yeah. They've been waiting all year to give you this gift. And you know it's going to be a good gift because you have all of these expectations of what it could be. Mm. But the night before Christmas, you're like, you know what? I can't wait. I want that now. You take it. Mm-hmm. You take that gift and you make it just yours. And you don't worry about... You know your parents wanting to watch you open it or see your reaction or mm. actually be able mm. to see the reception of it, you just take that for your wow. own, yeah. And you just have it and you keep it, and you selfishly, feel like, this is mine, I deserve it, I own it, this is no one else's, this is just only mine to hold. And suddenly, again, I'd be remiss to have this entire conversation without bringing up the whole idea of subjectivity and objectivity. So hey,
1: the buzzwords,
0: <laughs> it's just been a buzzword for me for the last, yeah, month. yeah, they I don't I probably have talked about it on this podcast. I don't even know if I have yet, but I don't know. Yeah. Either way, if I haven't, um, Get ready people (laughs) yeah, you start to look at everything and everyone in your life as an object rather than a subject. And even in this scenario where it's like you receive this great gift from God, if you receive a great gift from someone and you see them as a subject, you're grateful, you're just generally thankful and you're like, Thank you. Thank you for you know even the idea and even the thought that you would give me this. Yeah. But if you're treating them as an object, it's like, oh, I, I really wanted this gift, but like you, you're not really essential. The gift is essential, but you are not. Yeah. And you just completely forget the subject who gave it to you.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because when you give people like I'll say permission, like they have it already, but in your own like heart and mind, like you give them the permission to be a unique subject, you're allowing their life to also, uh, I mean, you're just living from a place that says, it's not about me. Like my life's not about me. And then like their life isn't about me either. Their life is about something else. It's about God. It's basically like when you start to do that, I think you start to like slip into like the beautiful funnel of moving towards the Lord, start moving together with people towards Him. where you say like, my life is for God. It has been given by him, and it's for him. And then when I—that's acknowledging my own subjectivity. But then when I start to acknowledge other people's, I say, "Your life is about God too." So I allow you to do the things that are praise, praising, reverencing, and serving Him instead of praising, reverencing, and serving me. We kind of like try to grab people and like let them not do what they're made for, which is kind of a messed up thing to do to someone, you know? Yeah. Like it's really it's really sick when you think about it. But we get we get caught in it so quickly. Um, precisely out of this need of, like, I, I can't wait any longer. I just, I need this now, you know? Um, and I was reading something, I don't remember where, it was probably a podcast, <laughs> but it was like this self deification, like, God has come down so that we might become God, right? That we might be joined in the Christ and join Him in heaven. But we get tired of waiting for that in our life, for that process to happen through the sacraments and through, you know, sanctification. That we try to do it ourselves, mm. and so like by doing that, we are drawing other people into ourselves, just as Christ would draw others into Himself. We sort of take His role, like I want to be my own God, and no one else can be subjects to me. But God is beautiful and loving in that He allows the subjectivity of His creation to be free and to
0: exist. Yeah. There's a lot there too, um, not only with the idea of like one making yourself kind of a god in some sense on Earth, of like. Everyone is an object. Everyone is serving a purpose to serve you, yeah. yeah. Um, or any of your actions are. I'm only making an action. Maybe from you know an external perspective, it looks like I'm serving someone, but I'm serving someone. So eventually, I will be served. It's a very twisted. Yeah. Know, it seems like oh, yeah. what a good person, but really, it's a really twisted <laughs> right, right. Um, intentionality. But um, it honestly kind of explains a lot of I think the vice that we see mm. in our culture is like. Again, I'm just thinking of this idea of, like, we're making ourselves a god. It's like, what are our images of heaven? You know, what would you describe heaven of? you'd say there's probably a lot of joy? Definitely cheeseburgers. (laughs) Cheeseburgers, dirt roads, cornfields. Yeah, all of those things. I agree, John. Raisin Cane's chicken. Raisin Cane's chicken (laughs) is definitely in heaven. That is a guarantee. Yeah. Um, But, like, you imagine, like, everything that would make you just pure joy. I mean, everything that is good and great Mm -hmm. is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we think on earth and like, what is, what is it that we're being sold on earth? Like, well, you're being told that the things that are going to bring you happiness on earth are materials, mm-hmm. are parties, are, you know, sex, all of these different things. All these vices are being sold. It's like, yeah. this is what happiness is. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, well, if I have this idea that it is about me and I'm making myself a God. I'm trying to live that out in this life. You're really only answer to making yourself you know, feel like a God Mm -hmm. is to go towards that direction. If it's actually all centered around just serving your own self desires, selfish desires, selfish needs, selfish pleasures. And suddenly it's like, well, it's going to naturally lead you down that road because you have no context into what you're living for. It's like only truly if you are not living for yourself and you're actually living for God, do you realize, okay, this is actually, where that joy and that happiness is the source of where it comes from. And I can't actually live into that of heaven yet, but I can tap into an aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But again, we lose patience. We're like, well, I don't want to wait for that. This seems really good right now. And this serves me right now. I have instant satisfaction. I don't have instant satisfaction always when it comes to me trying to live out my relationship with God perfectly.
1: Yeah. I think something we talked about before, right? This kind of, lie that we live into that our lives are sort of especially in the Christian life that our Christian life is about this you know self perfection that I'm perfecting myself you know that's what we, we make holiness about self perfection like moral perfection in reality like that's not really what the scriptures are getting at um, when we talk about holiness even like when in Matthew's gospel it says be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect mm-hmm. um, like perfect there is, is dealing more with like faithfulness um, and like the set apartness for God, like a a leaving a space open for him and that leaving a space, I think we've talked about this before, but that's what the subjectivity is of saying like, I'm leaving a space for you to be you and reverencing you as you. So I can be me and you can be you. And I'm not trying to like diminish you such that I can grasp you and control you and bring you to myself as you
0: have nothing else. And even in that though, you're talking as if it's just like you towards me like you can twist it and just put it, like, with you with God as well. Like, giving space, like, letting God be, be who God. God is. Yeah, like, instead of bringing him... like not, I, I bring him down instead of him coming down himself. Exactly. You know? Exactly, yeah. Not trying to pull him down and put this expectation. It's like, this is what you are. Yeah. And this is what you're going to be for me. Yeah, it's or like, the other like, thing,
1: like, like, I ascend to him. I can do it myself. Yeah. You know? Like, if I just do X, Y, and Z well enough, I'll I'll get there. And that becomes really, like, tiresome really fast. But also, it's like it makes it about you because it's like what are the things that I need to be doing to be better and we've like we talked about this today like I can get isolated on myself and thinking I don't need to be around other people because they're not helping me do the thing
0: if I'm alone I can focus on what I need to be doing to be better and it taps into like just like American culture I know we've talked about this before like just workaholism and just like yeah. pick yourself up by the bootstrap like I'm all for it I'm probably more aligned with that than I would like to probably admit but like we have that idea of just like turning it in on ourselves. Like it's this good desire of wanting to be with the Lord and wanting to grow in our faith and grow closer to God. But it is very quickly turned and transformed. It's like, well, if they're not helping me actively grow there, they serve no purpose in my life. Ooh, doggy.
1: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And then it's like, oh my gosh, did you just hear what came out of your mouth? But you're literally just saying that person serves. We don't need them. Yeah, we don't need them. If they're not actively helping me grow, get rid of them. They don't do any, They don't do me any good. If anything, they're actually doing me bad. Yeah. So I need to actually detach myself from them. And again, I literally complained on a past podcast, maybe one or two episodes ago, about feeling you know, isolation, mm. feeling alone. And I have been that guy who has said they're not actually really like you know actively helping me like grow or helping serve me in this way. It's like, what did I just say? They're not actively serving me, like. That is the epitome of making a good desire and twisting it and being like, yeah. this is about me. And this is all about me. Yeah. Only me.
1: I was just struck because it's like, the way you phrase it, it's just, there's, there's no patience with people. It's like, if you're not, like, up here where I need you to be or where I want you to be, then I have no time for you. And I do this all the time, you know? Like, I mean, even the example you just gave of, like, you know, this person's not serving my needs, so... Psh. I had a conversation with someone about that exact thing and told them we're not going to be friends anymore because you're not doing what like I think you should be doing in terms of like serving my this friendship or serving me in the friendship basically. And it was the dumbest thing that I think I've ever well maybe not the dumbest thing I've ever done, one of the dumbest things that I've ever done. And thanks thanks be to God that the Lord gave me an opportunity. And that man is a generous and like just amazing person that he was able to like receive me back into his life and like offer me forgiveness. And like, thanks. Yeah, thanks be to God for that. But it was a stupid thing to say and to do. But I thought, yeah, I did the right thing there. I was in the right for the longest time. So dumb. But I think I'm just struck by like people who live this way. I e me. We don't live with patience, Mm which was other people. We just look at like this, this seeming lack, and we say, yeah, I don't want that. We we just we scorn it. Say and it's like, it's an. Inability to accept our own weaknesses first and foremost, because it's that it's feeding this that's what's feeding our desire to be perfect and to be better and to you know make it all about me because I feel uncomfortable with the fact that I'm Mm -hmm. weak. And then we see in other people, we're like, no, yeah, you're not good enough, you know, because I'm holding myself to such a high standard, I don't want to deal with other people who are not
0: living that way. Yeah, and and we even expect them though to conversely show us that patience that we lack
1: so true absolutely yeah,
0: yeah. which is like what the hell <laughs> again it it's we act surprised but we shouldn't be i mean it's just another way and another frame to look through the lens of like it's not about you and in those situations it is it's yeah. like how are they serving me and it's like oh maybe i am in the wrong here and maybe i have like the foresight people say oh yeah i was in the wrong there mm. but like I didn't show you patience, but you better show me patience Yeah, because I don't want to lose, you know, yeah. now this friendship. It's like, it's one of those kinds of things. So that's really, yeah, 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 that's it's, true. It's fairly, really, it's a really fine line to walk, but ultimately I think it always just comes back to really just where the root and foundation of our relationship actually is with Jesus Christ at those moments. And I find the times where I'm struggling most with that, although it's kind of twofold. I'll kind of explain it more, but times I struggle with that the most are when times where I haven't really spent a lot of time with the Lord during the day. It's like, mm. I'll find like days that I struggle with this the most are the days that like, maybe I pushed back prayer a couple hours and like something else came up in the day. Like, you know, maybe my morning started off with a bad commute. It's like, there'll be like a little tiny thing that unravels. And this is yeah. like, you can trace it all the way back to the small moment that it's unravels the entire day. I'm like, you know what? I need to be in control now because I have been out of control Ooh, for so dude. long. So oh. now I need to actually take control of this moment. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, but I find when I spend time with the Lord earlier in the day, it's like, it's a sense of like balance, a sense of like, okay, I'm okay with letting God be in control of today. I have that expectation going into it. Like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, God's in control, not me. And it allows me to kind of enter in with a little bit more patience, not a lot, but a little bit more than I would beforehand. But it's, it again it's one of those things like am i in control am i gripping it am yeah. i holding it tightly yeah. firmly like not letting god in not letting anyone else in and we all know that like you can grip as tight as you can but you're not gonna be able to hold on for the entire ride yeah i
1: yeah that was just like woo. i was gonna ask the question like you know as we kind of move towards the end of this why is this like important why are we talking about this but that's exactly it that like We start our day the right way, you know, kind of like with the Lord. Then we're starting the day saying, Lord, my life is a gift from you and all the things in it are gifts from you. All the occurrences of this day are opportunities and gifts from you, which I know sounds really like cliche and pious. But it's true because when you see it that way, you can be patient and grateful for even like the really bad commute or the person who's a total jackbag in front of you or like it's just not, you know whatever all the little things in our day like we can you start to live with the lord moment by moment seem like oh that's where you are here's your invitation here's your gift rather than this is you taking something from me and now i need to get that control back you know the lord is a giver and not a taker but we get we get that confused a lot of times because we're just like "Mm, but this is not helping me it's what is you know what's in it for me yeah you know
0: yeah oddly enough i uh Listened to an audiobook this past week, uh, Fortitude by Dan Crenshaw. It's a pretty interesting book. Mm.
1: Um, oh, he's the
0: IPesh, yeah, dude, yeah, right? yeah, 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 he is. Okay. He has a new, he has a book that came out in the last like year or so. Okay. I, I did the audiobook during work this week, and he talks a lot about suffering, and he talks a lot about how do we receive suffering. Ooh, dude, and it brings me a lot into this conversation of like a lot of the it's not about you comes into our lack of patience encountering suffering in our own life I mean it could yeah. be physical suffering could be emotional yeah. suffering it could just be suffering in a friendship uh, like, yeah. to some degree it all comes down to like our inability to handle and deal with s- suffering in like a patient and courageous way and he talks a lot about just like changing our mindsets and the way that we encounter suffering not even just like you know I can't tell you, Hey, next time that guy cuts you off in traffic, like don't drop the F bomb and want to honk your horn. Cause they're gonna cut me off next week and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be really angry again. Yeah. Like, that's that's not gonna change. And yeah. I can't expect that maybe to change for me. Hmm. maybe maybe some down the road I'll become much more patient, but more than likely, that'll be something that would annoy me now just as much as it would 30 years from now if I was far holier than I am now. It's yeah. still gonna be frustrating. Yeah. But he's like changing the way that we are actually encountering it in those moments is really where the opportunity is and saying uh, kind of hit this way of saying it's like this happened to me like you know i had to do this i i had to get up you know at 6 a.m for work today he's like why are you saying that why are we saying like i get to get up at 6 a.m today i get to actually go to my job today i get to go you know Make money today. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad example, but literally make it's, it like, it's really just like changing our perspective of like when we encounter suffering mm-hmm. in those moments, like as soon as those negative ideas and those feelings of like turning it towards ourselves are coming, yeah. we can match those and we can combat them with equally positive ideas and thoughts of like, it's true. We have these negative things coming? Like, actually, no. I don't have to be upset about this. Yeah. There is another response. I don't always have to choose the negative response. I can choose actually to be charitable in these moments. It's a lot harder. True. And you will not do it every time or be perfect at it. But something that I've been thinking about more is like, one, being patient with myself in moments mm-hmm. where I don't show charity or I lack charity. But also when I feel those negative thoughts or I feel those things like me shifting it towards myself, if I'm aware of it in the moment, mm-hmm. being like, okay, like, I'm aware of it. I have two choices. I can keep entering into this Mm -hmm. knowingly, knowing that I'm like, you know, doing something selfish. Yeah. Or I can meet this with an opposing thought or an opposing like disposition. Yeah. And when you do that opposing disposition, I mean, it's hard because then all of a sudden it's like, well, I want to, I want to listen to it. Like, you know, I want to do this one, but that one, now that I've thought of it, there's something there Mm -hmm. and there's weight Mm -hmm. there and it draws your attention. And so I, I don't really know where I was going with it, but there's more of like, more of like a practical yeah, yeah. look at it of like, uh, I, people have told me that for years, like, it's not about you. And like, you can tell me it's not about me all you want. <laughs> at the end of the day, there are certain things that like, I could think, I could remember this podcast, you know, two hours from now when something happens and like, whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah whatever I, I could, yeah but it's like, okay, in real life practice now, how am I going to handle that? Yeah, and I think one of the first ways we can do it is start to actively combat those thoughts and combat combat those yeah. inclinations with opposing inclinations and thoughts, even if they aren't really what you feel. Fake it till you make it.
1: Fake <laughs> till you make it. When did we say that in one of the podcasts? We said that, right? Probably. Yeah. Either that or you
0: told me it. So yeah.
1: The um. No, I think it's good, right? That we have some kind of practical thing for this. Um, I think one caveat, yep. not to your point, but just to like. Reinforce it about suffering that like we have to remember that like suffering sucks We can't glorify it to the point of saying like or thinking in our minds and having this, you know Image of what our suffering is gonna look like we get there because we're only let down by that where it's like I'm gonna suffer so well I'm just gonna be so patient and like so joyful in it. Mm -hmm. It's like Yo people Christ was sorrowful unto death. He was sad and like Mm -hmm. beaten down By the weight of his suffering, it was not this really nice, cutesy kind of deal. Like, he wasn't just, like, smiling at everyone, like, oh, it's okay. You know, don't worry about me. I'm doing great. God be praised, you know. It's like, he really entered into it. So, like, when we do that, meaning when we suffer, we have to participate in it with Christ. Which means, like, it's going to suck. It's really going to suck. And we might understand what's going on until we get to heaven. Or like something might be revealed to us in this life. Great. But either way, like, like you said, being like generous with ourselves of saying, like, this is gonna suck. That's okay. But I'm I know I'm uniting it to the Lord's cross yep. for the salvation of the world. That is what is going on there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we need to remember. Uh, and the other thing, I think, with the the thoughts is like, yeah, we're we're being present. Because when we get angry and then, or whatever, I don't know, something distressing happens, what happens is like. I'm just thinking of the car example, right? Like, someone cut me off. This always happens. You know, these people are always like this. We're, we're moving away from the present and going back to the the past and to the future. Like yep. You know, kind of generalizing everything. So we're leaving the present moment. We're leaving where God is in this moment and going into our own little world of, like, my past, my future. Things that aren't where God is right now with us. Saying, like, here, you know? Mm-hmm. It's basically just like, imagine, like, someone's handing you the gift and you're like, okay, where's the... Whereas the cameras, you know, like you're looking around for like the thing to like kind of, you're basically just leaving the moment. Yeah, That's all there's to say about it. And like that is tempting as all get out. And it's really, it's much more easy to start extrapolating from there because the present kind of hard to deal with because you don't know exactly what it is, what's happening there. You have to really discover it just like you would discover what's inside a present, a gift when it's been given to you, yeah. wrapped up. Um, and the last thing I'll say is just like in terms of why, why is this important? I think because when we say it's not about you. And we take that to heart. We can sit in prayer with the Lord and understand that if my life is not about me, then the way that I see myself, this goes back to the podcast we did about lies But if I see myself the way that I see myself, then it's going to be totally janked, right? It's not about me. It's about God. So I start to take on his vision of me. I start to see myself the way that God sees me.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that totally changes my life. Like the delight that's there, the love that's there, the freedom that's there, you know, like you're, you're now living from place of knowledge of knowing that I'm loved just as Christ, as the son of God knew that he was loved by the father. His heart can be vulnerable, can be weak on the cross and be open to everyone and pour out in generosity. You can allow the freedom to be there. It's just like, that's, that's the goal of life. I think is just like to enter into that mystery more and more each day of saying I'm living with confidence in the way that I'm seen by the father and to move forward from that. Instead of just saying like, this is what I think about myself. So, you know, this is what everyone else probably thinks, what God probably thinks this is the way I just have to live my life. It's like, no, because the devil can work into those, those thoughts and our own past and our histories, but the Lord can like raise them, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to add. Okay. <laughs> that's a good place to end. <laughs> nice. Um, Thank you everyone for listening and uh, partaking in the first live podcast. Appreciate y'all. But yeah, if you have any questions, comments, feel free to reach out to us at thecatchcc at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you soon. Adios. Peace.